You're listening to the Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Today you'll hear from Jamie Duffield of Duffield Lane. Jamie talks about like how so many of us, although she has no formal design experience when she started her women's wear brand, she had a passion for entrepreneurship. Today, the brand with a strong nautical influence can be shopped in boutiques across the country. It's expanded into more fun prints and even children's wear. Listen and learn all about Jamie's journey and the story behind Duffield Lane. All right. So tell everyone who you are, where you live and what you do. Uh, Well, I am Jamie Duffield. I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I am the founder and CEO of Duffield Lane, which is a women's and children's clothing company. I love it. And it's one of my favorite brands that I've been wearing for years. Um, So I'm so excited to talk with you and, you know, learn more about your brand. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to be working with you. And thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. So my first question is, I always try to like back it up towards the beginning. So were you always creative? Like what was your childhood like? Did you always love clothing? Um, Tell us a little bit about like where you grew up and sort of what your interests as a child were. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I Well, I was born in Michigan, but we actually moved to New York when I was five. So mainly I grew up in Rye, New York, so a little town about 40 minutes outside of New York City. Um, and it's kind of funny. I, I actually don't consider myself that creative. I don't think I was a very <laughs> creative child. Um, I have been always pretty entrepreneurial though. So I was, you know, and I was, I don't know, I spent a lot of time. I did a lot of sports. I was outside a lot, but, um, kind of getting into like how Duffield Lane came to be. I, my parents were entrepreneurs, Um, And so the idea, you know, they discuss business at the dinner table every night. Um, And a lot of our traveling was business trips. I was an only child, or I am an only child. Um, And so I was tagging along a lot with them. Um, So I kind of come at it from a, a more of a business perspective than the creative. But in terms of fashion, I may not have started with the creative itch, but I love to shop. Okay. I mean, I definitely, from a young age, may have had a shopping problem. Like, <laughs> it's definitely to me, that is a, an, an activity in itself. Um, my mom and I love to take like shopping trips and I love clothes and fashion. Um, and so this kind of Duffield Lane was a way for me to kind of bring in that love. And then, the you know, I love the business side of it as well okay. and solving problems and launching new products and figuring things out is is really fun to me. Okay, that makes sense. And it's funny because I feel like a lot of um, the designers and owners that I interview, they're more of the creative side. But I recognize with your business side because um, my family has a lot of entrepreneurs in it too, and I'm an only child as well. So I have that in common. You, you, you. get it, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like there's, there's no separation from your, you know, the home life and the business when your family is business owners like you're talking about it all the time you're seeing every aspect of it so you can't you kind of can't help but like 
you know, even as a kid, like how you're running your lemonade stand. And I used to like sell stuff at the farmer's market and what is my cost of goods and how much am I made? I mean, I sound like such a nerd talking about that. No, definitely. I get it. (laughs) And especially like I would always tag along um, to my parents' Christmas parties that they would have for work things. And so you get, um, you know, that business aspect and that entrepreneurial spirit from them for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what did you end up studying then and where did you go to school? Yeah. So, um, gosh, I went to school for a long time. I, <laughs> I, I did undergrad at, um, Georgetown and I was in the business school there. So I studied in, um, double major of management and international business. Mm-hmm. Um, I also actually minored in, in uh, theology while I was there oh. and then, um, wasn't exactly sure what to do next. I kind of always had a dream of going to law school, but, um, which I did end up doing, but, I took a year and moved to New York City and ended up studying at NYU to get my master's for a year. And it was in a kind of a theology philosophy um, oh. department, um, kind of just a little random aside, but, <laughs> um, but it was really very, very interesting. Um, kind of had an idea of maybe I could do academia, but after that, I was like, I don't think so. I think I'll stick <laughs> with the business. Um, and then I went to law school, um, to University of Michigan Law School. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of, and I, I, you know, didn't know if I'd want to be a lawyer, you know, for the rest of my life, but I thought that it would, you know, it really teaches you how to think and mm-hmm. it teaches you how to solve problems. And I thought it was just a good background for any sort of going into business I do eventually. Definitely. Um, I've always had, you know, a dream of starting my own business. Um, and I, from law school, I ended up moving to Miami um, and oh. worked at a firm doing uh, international finance law. Okay. Yeah. So how long were you there? So I was only there for like a year. Okay. <laughs> when I started being like, you know, I, I actually, I had an amazing boss. I worked with great people. Um, I have nothing but good things to say about that job. But I kind of got this feeling of this is all going great. But it's missing something. Um, okay. I wanted to be on the other side of the table. You know, I wanted to be the business Got it. side of things than necessarily the consultant lawyer side of things. Um, okay. And it was actually in Miami when we first came up with the original concept for Duffield Lane. Oh, so tell me about that. So what was the original concept like? So the original idea was actually for pajamas and loungewear. Oh. Yeah. And so it was the idea was to have it actually happened because um, I well, when I was in law school to back it up, I met uh, my now husband, Ryan Duffield, and he moved to Miami and worked as a law firm their same law firm as me there as well. And I was actually going home to his family's for Christmas. And my family always does pajamas for Christmas Eve. Okay. Um, and so I'm going to my in-laws and I wanted to bring that tradition with me and I was looking for pajamas and everything was either like kind of obnoxious looking mm-hmm. or like sexy, which you're not doing <laughs> at your in-laws. Yeah. Um, and it was that kind of struggle that led me to this idea of like, there should be pajamas that are like classic and cute. Um, that fit great, really premium fabrics that you're not embarrassed to be seen in, that you could even run to Starbucks in, you know, or like, especially like you could wear when you're traveling with family or traveling with friends and lounge around the house. And, you know, it's not like strictly like just bedroom pajamas. Yes. Um, And that is how we started Duffield Lane um, was with this idea for these, the first line was classic loungewear. 
So what year was that? When was this? Oh, so the idea, gosh, I'm trying to think. We kind of started kicking it around like 2012-ish. Okay. I think we officially launched in like 2013. Um, Okay. I started kind of with the idea when I was still a lawyer and kind of working on it on, you know, nights and weekends and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing of like trying to find a freelance designer to help me figure out how do you design pajamas Um, and, you know, asking around and finally finding factory contacts and just kind of, you know, my, my strategy is usually just jumping in head first, (laughs) figure it out as you go along, you know? So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how it all began in Miami actually. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what were some of the first steps then? I mean, you talked about finding this designer then and finding somewhere that you could get them manufactured. Like, were you just Googling things? Were you just asking around? Like, Talk me through that process and kind of then how you made it happen. Yeah. So it starts with a lot of Googling. Um, mm-hmm. It was, you know, I had some ideas of what I wanted them to look like. Um, so I kind of had it in my head, but it's like, you know, if you're going to present it to a factory, like, how do you do that? Like, I need mm-hmm. some kind of design or like a CAD drawing or however you're going to do that. And so I actually, I don't even remember the name of the website, but it was kind of like a find freelance designers for hire. And I just started <laughs> emailing people. Um, and I ended up finding, um, her name was, uh, Kelly, this uh, woman in Miami who did freelance design work and she helped me kind of work through our first collection. And it was funny because she had just finished designing, um, some stuff for a a big regatta in Miami, which is, I, um, I've sailed my whole life and I sailed at Georgetown. And so I was like, oh, this will be a good fit because anything I do is going to end up like slightly nautical Uh (laughs) probably. So I was like, oh, she can design stuff for the sailors at the regatta. And, you know, she'll, she'll totally get it what I'm trying to do. Um, and it was actually through her kind of just one of these lucky things that she had a friend that worked for a company that had factory contacts in Peru, um, which was really exciting because, um, when I started just researching fabrics and, you know, a lot of this for pajamas, I was just buying pajamas. I liked and looking at everything in my closet, where was it made? What is it made out of? You know, what are the blends? And then, you know, Googling those and, who makes them where? And it's like, you know, every polo shirt I, I have is made in Peru. A bunch of all of my, you know, really nice pajamas were made in Peru. And I was like, well, huh, okay. Like, you know, yeah. this is definitely something. So it was kind of an, a, you know, organic process that way. Um, and they, this other woman she introduced me to was able to help us do our first production run at the factory in Peru. Um and we kind of just went from there um, with the first line of pajamas. Okay. So it was strictly pajamas then when you first launched. Yeah, it was pajamas and loungewear. And so okay. when we kind of would pitch it to people, it was like, you can wear it outside the house. You know, you can, um, it's, you're not embarrassed to be seen. And, and what actually happened from there is people did. They wore it out of the house. They wore it to the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and we realized that there was kind of this gap in the marketplace for our aesthetic being, you know, the kind of that classic traditional look, um, but very comfortable, like in in a cotton knit with some stretch that you could wash and it had a, an amazing fit. Um, and so that's kind of where we created our, our niche and we started actually making the dresses to wear outside, but oh. out of 
using, you know, nice lightweight knit fabrics out of Peru. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this makes all like sense to me now listening to your story because A, your pajamas that you, the first ones that I got were this year actually. Um, And they are my favorite. I wear them way too often because they are seriously (laughs) the most comfortable pajamas that I have. And I'm a PJ girl. Like actually my family tradition is Christmas Eve. Uh, My dad's side of the family all comes over, my cousins, my aunts and uncles. And all throughout life, my grandmother would give all of us cousins um, pajamas. That's our tradition. So I have quite the collection. I have to say yours are my favorite. Um, (laughs) And then your your fabric, now that I think about it, all of your fabrics will be so comfortable. So this makes sense that it started really, you know, it sounds like the fabric was so important from the beginning then because it had to be comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. The fabric is is key. And that's kind of what defined us. I think it's the fabric and the fit. And then, you know, we started with these classic simple designs, um, mm-hmm. which I think kind of defined the brand as a whole is that we kind of aim to be a, a lifestyle brand that features this classic timeless look. Like I like to say that we put out styles that you're not going to look at yourself, a picture of yourself wearing a Duffield Lane dress two years ago and be like, oh my God, what was I wearing? Like it's something that you're going to want to wear again and again, and the fabric is going to hold up. It's going to be great quality, great fit. So going off of that, how would you describe your brand um, today to those who might not know it? Well, I would say um, Duffield Lane is a, you know, classic lifestyle clothing brand where now we feature, you know, not just knits, but um, fabrics from all over the world. Um, And we want our look to be just timeless, classic. um, And I don't know, I think I kind of summed it up. (laughs) No, that's perfect. (laughs) Um, So when you first started out then, how did you get the word out? Um, Like, how did you market it? Was it just word of mouth from customers? Did you really heavily rely on stores carrying? Like, was that part of your your marketing strategy? Um, You know, were you working with influencers back then? What were you doing to get kind of the word out and spread the awareness for your brand? Yeah, so we really got the word out um, by working it from the wholesale angle. So from selling our line wholesale to small boutiques across the country. Um, And I think it kind of was a word of mouth through that community, you know, bringing it into small stores and they tell their customers about it. Um, And we still sell to some of the same stores that even picked up the first, you know, pajama drop from the very beginning days that they've stuck with us through all the years. Oh my gosh. So what's changed then with the brand um, over the years? Obviously you added some more pieces, but other than that, would you say it's kind of the same core or anything else that's changed? I would say it's the same, you know, core philosophy of giving Mm -hmm. you something that is, you know, comfortable and classic and easy to wear, but we've really expanded. So we went from, you know, this one pajama drop to, okay, let's do dresses to now we do five collections a year. Um, We source out of a couple different factories and we do, you know, specialty fabrics out of India. We do, um, I mean, we still do the Peru Peruvian knits, um, we've expanded into doing some more prints and we mm-hmm. also launched a children's line about yeah. three years ago. So that's, or girls really. Um, so that was a big new, exciting addition. For sure. So, you know, now that the business is so much larger than when you started. So what are some of the challenges, you know, that you faced along the way or you're still working through today? Like what's the most challenging part about what you do? I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, 
I don't know what the most challenging one is. <laughs> just growing it, you know, year over year. It's not, for us, it hasn't been just, you know, like an overnight, oh, wow, huge business. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just, it's been great because it's been steady. And we kind of started small and we're just been growing, growing, growing ever since. Um, and so sometimes it can feel a little frustrating to, you know, it's just little bit by little bit. But what we found is that, you know, people, when we have a customer, our customers are very loyal and they love the product and they keep coming back and they yeah. tell their friends. And so it's kind of this organic process that takes time. But it, it, in the end, it's very gratifying, I think, that, you know, we have, you know, wholesale customers, retail customers that stick with us, that just love the brand and tell everybody about it and, you know, have helped us, you know, for the last seven years. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, when you're in it, it seems slow, but then looking (laughs) back, I'm sure you're like, oh my gosh, like look at all these great things we've done and um, how happy our customers are. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, throughout the years, there's, you know, the challenges of finding new factories and where to source the fabrics you want. And, you know, obviously this year we're in the middle of a pandemic. So there's, there's countless, you know, challenges. But Exactly. But like you said earlier, I feel like that entrepreneurial spirit, it's kind of you just dive right in and you figure it out as you go, right? Yeah, no, you make it work. And, you know, we've actually this year has been good. Um, there's a lot of a lot of changes, a lot of pivots, but, you know, we're making it work and it's just it's a new challenge. So excellent. <laughs> yeah. So on the opposite, um, question of that, then what have been some of your favorite moments or like, what are some of the best moments that you've experienced so far with your business? Oh, there's been, I mean, I love to say like, you know, celebrate the small things. Um, Mm -hmm. so we always look for those, you know, small moments that you're like, oh, this is really great. Um, it can be anything from, you know, meeting a sales goal at a trade show to like, I remember getting our line in some of my favorite stores that I have shopped in. Oh, um, has been like, was just so exciting. Like I grew up shopping in Rye at a store called Rags and they have, um, one location now in Martha's Vineyard. And when they bought the line for us, I'm like, you don't understand. Like I spent all of my money in high school at your store. <laughs> like, um, and a similar thing with, um, you're probably familiar with C Rico in yes. Palm Beach. I love that store. And then yep. seeing, seeing our line in that store. Cause I, I respect those ladies so much. Um, uh-huh. and they just have this beautiful store. It was just so exciting for me. Um, but then we also, we actually opened our own store in Michigan, um, about three years ago. And that was huge too, to kind of see, you know, design a store and do it exactly how we wanted. And that was really, really exciting to be able to do oh, that. That's so awesome. So tell me a little bit, um, about the store, like where are, where's the store located in Michigan? Um, what can people expect when they go shop there and sort of why, why did you guys decide to do that? I feel like brick and mortar now people shy away from. Um, so talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So our store is in, um, Grand Rapids, Michigan, where we're from. It's in a place called Breton village. Um, it's only about a mile from my house. So it's very (laughs) convenient. Um, it's, it's a small boutique. Um, it features mostly Duffield Lane clothes, but we do like to bring in other complementary brands. Uh, there's not, you know, a ton of small boutiques that are kind of have this classic preppy aesthetic where in Grand Rapids, 
Yeah. Um, so it was really fun for me to be like, you know, we're the only ones in town that are carrying Jack Rogers sandals. Oh. Um, so it was really exciting. People were like, I love Jack Rogers. I'm like, I know me too. I've been wearing them for <laughs> my entire life. And it's fun to be able to introduce new people to them in our, you know, in our hometown. Um, and other, you know, we were carrying, you know, Persephone dresses, you know, just some yeah. of our favorite small brands um, in the store. But yeah, I mean, brick and mortars is challenging. Um, but you know, we, we partner with so many great brick and mortar stores and we wanted to bring that same kind of awesome small boutique experience to our hometown. Um, and then the other thing that has been really cool for me from a kind of design perspective on business perspective is to interact directly with the customers. Cause so much of our business has been wholesale, this is an opportunity to get to, you know, talk to the people that are actually wearing the dresses more often and really get feedback and what they like, what they don't like, you know, what they wish they saw in our line. Um, it's just so valuable to be able to interact on a daily basis with, For sure. with your customers. I think that's so smart. So do you ever like um, test products out in there before you launch them or like ideas you're thinking of or anything or? Um, yes. Like, okay. Yes. Sometimes. And it's one of the things that's been really helpful is our, actually our store staff, the ladies that work at the store, they've started helping me a ton with, here's what people have been saying. Here's what they're asking. And then they, they all wear the line a ton Uh because they work at the store. Um, They come up with, you know, like, here's what we would like to see. and You should do something like this. And, you know, and they're kind of in it with us. So it kind of, yeah, grew our team a ton um, and gave us some really good feedback. That's really smart. That's a good, a good move there. Um, so where do you get inspiration from when you're designing a new collection or new style? Like where do you generally look for inspiration or get inspiration from? Yeah. So I, I mean, the the short answer is from everywhere, but, um, mostly it's kind of just out in the world, especially traveling. I love to travel, Um, and I love to, you know, whether it's vacation or for work or just, you know, explore new places. And I feel like that's where I get the best, you know, you just see somebody that put together a cute outfit wherever you are and it's like, Oh, that's interesting. Or, Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, you know, for me, that's the best inspiration is kind of just like the real world, you know, how people are dressing, you know, how they're being creative and, you know, looking for ideas from that. Definitely. So out in the wild. Out in the wild, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about your design process, which I'm actually really impressed with how far you guys design ahead, I feel like, compared to a lot of designers. But tell everyone, because not everyone, you know, is a designer that's listening. Like, what are you working on right now? How far in advance are you designing? Um, so right now, I well, let's see, I just finished our two fall collections for next year. Okay. And so fall was, 2021. Yeah. So we have a fall one okay. and a fall two 2021. And then the thing that I will start on, you know, next is um, actually resort pre-spring, whichever you call it um, for 2022. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So you get these ideas, like you get inspiration from out in the wild, from kind of feedback from your staff then what's the next step? You sketch something up and then, you know, you get samples made, you tweak samples. Like, is that kind of the process? Yeah. Um, I like to kind of just start with the colors um, to keep it kind of simple. It's kind of like, what are we thinking this year, you know, for each collection. And then I like to kind of map out, you know, for the spring, we'll do a pre-spring collection, a spring and a summer 
Um, and I really like our pre-spring collection to work really well with the spring because so it's kind of a seamless transition, but it has to, you know, have its own vibe. And so we kind of start with the colors and then start working on colors and prints if we're going to do any prints. Um, and then kind of separately, I start thinking about just the silhouettes. And then eventually what happens is you marry those two together of, you know, oh, I have this great idea for a floral print. And then I have this great idea for, you know, a maxi dress that's new and then, you know, kind of putting it together there. Um, and then, it. yeah. And then it goes to sampling. Okay. And we do so it's like a kind of, of like a, a puzzle piece almost <laughs> like of what fits together and what seems to work best. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of fun because I'll on my own kind of do, you know, come up with some ideas and come up with a color palette and prints and all that kind of stuff. But I love to bring in the rest of our staff for kind of just brainstorming of like, here's what I'm thinking. Here's how I wanted to do it, laying it all out. Um, and I get a lot of feedback on, you know, oh yeah, I would love that dress in that color or, oh, you're crazy. <laughs> That's not, you know? um, and so it is, it can be a really collaborative process too, which I think is really fun. That is really fun. Um, so if someone wanted to be a designer someday or, um, you know, wants to make a career change or anything, what would your career advice be in life? In life? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I feel like you've got to have a passion for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, when I talk to people that are like, I want to start a fashion company or, you know, start a line, I, I think some really good advice is to, you know, you need to have that creative side and a vision, but you also need to understand the business side of it too, because I, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. Um, so I think that is really important to understand, you know, how it's going to work financially and how, what your sales strategy is going to be, what your marketing strategy, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, that sometimes, you know, when you're just so excited (laughs) or or I get so excited about a dress, you know, um, and then it ends up that it's, you know, crazy expensive to produce. You have to kind of, you know, work through all the variables to make sure that it really, it it works both for your customer and you and the business as a whole. Definitely. Um, so speaking of like great dresses and great pieces, what is your favorite piece on the website right now? Or maybe let's say, yeah, for, for the spring collection, spring and resort, what, what's your favorite piece? Oh gosh, for the spring and resort collection. Well, so it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, right now I'm in Michigan and it's like, you know, 35 degrees and cloudy. (laughs) So I'm really excited about all of our brand new spring stuff. But what I've been wearing a ton of lately is we make these awesome um, sweatshirts that are out of this amazing modal interlock fabric. And we're doing some in the resort collections. It's actually about to hit the website like next week. Um, in like bright pinks and bright blues and really cool prints. And we do one that's called the Finley. It's like a cowl neck, bright pink sweatshirt. Um, and I'm super excited about it. I already, I took the samples home with me and I've been wearing them for like months. <laughs> um, and it's a nice, cause it's kind of like you get a little slice of spring, um, even when you're still in Michigan, cause it's a sweatshirt. <laughs> Definitely. And I actually, I have the one from fall and I love it. The material's so cozy and like, 
just so yummy. Um, but then I got to see a sneak peek. So I know which one you're talking about that's coming out. And it is so good. I mean, pink, how could you not love it? You know, <laughs> I know it's funny because when we were designing it, I remember being like, oh, like we have to do this. Like I want this sweatshirt in pink. Like I want it personally. So we're going to make it. And yeah. if no one buys it, I will just have a lot for my closet. But it's like, I'm really excited about it. <laughs> and that's a good point though. Cause you know, here in Pennsylvania, it's still freezing and gray. Um, so it is like, <laughs> It's a little bit of happy spring that you can actually wear right now, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so then what's been like a customer favorite, um, whether it's an older style or a style that you're bringing back or a piece that's on the website right now? Like, what would you say is a really great customer favorite? Um, in the spring collection? Oh, well, or just, you know, maybe a style that you do over and over again, or it could be right now, you know, in the fall, winter holiday Sure. Yeah. Our fall, winter, our bestseller, I think is we have a, it's another sweatshirt. We call it, it's the Lexington sweatshirt. It has this, um, really cute gold zipper kind of stand up neckline. And then this kind of, um, it's really interesting body that has, you know, one side overlays over the other. So it's a really flattering fit and it's just, mm-hmm. it's cute. It's flattering. It's easy that, you know, we sell out of it very quickly. <laughs> like every time I think I'm ordering or we're going to production with so many units and then it's just gone. So that's been a real customer favorite. Okay. And that makes sense. I mean, especially everyone's staying at home right now. So I feel like that it makes you look put together, but it's still super comfortable. Yeah, exactly. So if you could pick anyone to wear Duffield Lane, it could be a celebrity, a royal, maybe like um, a character on a TV show or like an icon that's passed. Who would you pick? Oh, an icon that's passed. Um well, I mean, celebrity, I always think of Reese Witherspoon and she has her own line of beautiful clothing, but she just has like the cutest style. <laughs> so I've yeah. always been like, I wish she would wear my dresses. Those would be really cute. Um, but yeah, her or, you know, I've always, you know, thought like how cool would it be if like Michelle Obama mm-hmm. or, you know, one of our dresses, that would be a real moment for me. I would be very excited about something like that. <laughs> Definitely. And I feel like she's has that athletic side to her. So I feel like some of the, um, you know, the new sweatshirts and knit pieces like that, for sure, I could see her. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so I always ask this to everyone because it, it is the preppy podcast. So what does preppy mean to you? How would you describe preppy? Oh, I think that's sometimes a hard question. But um, I think preppy to me, well, there's a there's a certain aesthetic when you say preppy, people think of a certain look. Um you know, whether it's, you know, a collared shirt or navy and white stripes or, you know, the specific patterns. But to me, preppy is really all about thing, you know, the lifestyle. Of, it's, it's timeless. It's classic. It's something that, you know, it's, it's not flashy to me. Yeah. Preppy is just, you know, it's like the good old standby Oxford shirt that you're wearing with your boat shoes and it always looks great. It always looks fresh. Um, and it's, you know, it's just timeless. Yeah. No, that's a good answer. It it definitely is about the lifestyle. I agree. Yeah. So now for some quick answer, fun questions to get to know you. Okay. <laughs> so what do you do in your spare time? I know that you have, um, that you're a mom. So, you know, what do you like to do in your spare time? 
Yeah. I mean, lately it's a lot of time at home. So, <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time with my two girls. I have, um, a three-year-old, uh, Jackie, and then I have a 10 month old daughter as well. Uh, Charlotte, we call her Charlie. So there's a lot of, a lot of kiddo time with Jackie and Charlie. Um, but in addition to that, you know, I, in a normal year, I would love to be traveling. <laughs> yep. I travel a lot. And then I also, I mean, I, I grew up sailing and I sailed in college and we, um, actually, live a few blocks from a little local yacht club where we keep a couple of sailboats. And I, in the summertime, especially I, you know, I'm always happiest out on the water. Uh, I love that. And you know, that nautical um, lifestyle is definitely reflected in your collection. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love anything, you know, boats and then you can't help, but it's like Navy and white stripes. So they'll always (laughs) find their way into our collection. (laughs) Hey, they're classic. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So what's your either go-to cocktail or your go-to Starbucks order? Oh, my go-to cocktail. I love a Manhattan. Oh, I know it's a little bit, I feel like people sometimes think it's a bit odd, but um, <laughs> I, I make Manhattans like all the time. It's been my like favorite thing to do um, in the pandemic because, you know, you're not going out to like a cocktail yeah. bar or something. And so uh, my husband actually gave me a really cool cocktail book um, oh. and I've been perfecting my Manhattan over a big giant ice cube. I got the ice cube molds and everything. Um, I love that. Yeah. So that's been my, my go-to cocktail, especially in the winter. Yeah, you need to get, um, I saw on Etsy, you can get, you know, a lot of bars have their, their logo or um, the bar's name on the ice that they can stamp. You should get like a Duffield Lane one to stamp your ice. <laughs> oh my God, that would be so cool. Now I, I feel like I need to go add that to my <laughs> Christmas list. <laughs> like, guys. <laughs> um, okay, so speaking of, you said you like to travel. So what's your favorite vacation spot? Oh gosh, there's so many places, but I think um, my favorite place to go to would be um, my parents have a house on Yusepa Island, Florida. Okay. Um, it's just kind of uh, it's north of North Captiva, kind of off of the coast of Fort Myers, and it's a small little island with no cars, so it's all golf oh. carts. Um, and we've been going there since you know gosh, like I think I was in like elementary school, middle school for vacations. Um, and it's just beautiful and it's super relaxed and low key. Um, and that's one of my favorite places to go. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could all use a trip there right now. I know. I've been like, when can I go down there? Like I can't wait. <laughs> um, so what's the last thing you read? Or if you're someone that listens to, you know, um, audible books on tape or whatever, or podcasts, what's the last thing you read or listened to, I guess? Oh gosh. Well, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. Um, and the most recent thing that I've been making my way through is, um, one of my favorite comedians, Mike Verbiglia. I don't know Uh if you're familiar with him. You should check him out. Um, he has a new podcast called working it out. Um, and it's really, really funny. Um, and it's, it's just great. I I would highly recommend it. And I also listen to a lot of, uh, this American life and Uh how I built this. Yep, that's a good um, one. But when it comes to reading, I, I tend to use it as more of an escape. So I, I don't know if it's kind of embarrassing to say, but I feel like the most recent book I read was one of the latest um, Stuart Woods books. It was about Stone Barrington. They're, you know, they're easy, like you can almost yeah. read them in one night. <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing. But I love, you know, as kind of an escape. Definitely. Um, 
that. So not not something super highbrow, but, <laughs> but enjoy, hey. enjoyable nonetheless. <laughs> exactly. Um, so 2020 has obviously been a difficult year or at least a challenging one where you have to pivot a lot. So what's one thing, though, that you're grateful for, at least from 2020? Um, I'm actually so I had my daughter Charlie at the end of January. Um, and so she was very, very little when this whole craziness started. Um, and we started working from home pretty much right away in March. And so I'm actually really grateful that I've been working from home Mm -hmm. because I've gotten to spend so much time with her as, you know, a little baby without having to kind of feel pulled to rush back to the office and start traveling for work, which is kind of what I did um, with my older daughter, Jacqueline. You know, I was back in the office like a few weeks later and traveling within a month or two, which, you know, it was great to be right back at it um, and had to have the support at home to be able to do that was awesome. But it's been a real treat to really be home with a new baby and have more time and have a really flexible schedule because everything is, you know, very quiet right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I just, I've been really thankful for that this year. That's definitely a silver lining. Yeah, definitely. So then what's a goal that you have for 2021 or something you're excited about for this year? Um, For Duffield Lane? Yeah, or you, either or. Um, Well, I think for Duffield Lane, I'm really excited. Um, We've been focusing a lot on our website Mm -hmm. and making it better and growing, you know, our online presence and kind of just growing our brand awareness. Um, And we're building a really good team to help us with that. And so I'm really excited about that. Um, And then personally, I'm, you know, I feel like, you know, we're going to get to the end of this pandemic. (laughs) So I'm really looking forward to traveling again. I mean, I used to be on a plane, you know, once a month, if not more often, and it's been uh-huh. over a year for me. So I, you know, I'm excited to kind of start exploring and, you know, visit friends that don't necessarily live in the same town as me and kind of, you know, reconnect with everybody face to face instead yeah. of over Zoom. So certainly. So um, my second to last question is what's next for Duffield Lane? Like, is there a sneak peek? We kind of talked about this pink sweatshirt that's going to launch soon, but anything else that you can tell us, like maybe um, a new print or a new silhouette that you're so excited that's going to be launching soon this spring um, or summer? Yeah, actually, I'm really excited about some of our new prints. Um, We started out with Duffield Lane doing a lot of solids and stripes. Mm-hmm. Um, for many years. And we've only recently in the last, you know, few seasons gotten into trying out prints and printing different fabrics and, you know, working with um, different colorways that way. And so this year we did a couple of them and I'm really excited about, we have this awesome blue floral print in the spring collection mm-hmm. that we call it the blooming blue <laughs> that mm-hmm. I'm really, really excited about. And then in summer we have some really cool tie-dye pieces oh my gosh yeah and they were like I think we put them as kind of a sneak peek on our Instagram stories when we were doing our photo shoot we actually had people already reaching out like when can I order this (laughs) I was like oh you and me both I'm super excited about it like I can't wait till this production comes in Um, oh my gosh yeah so I think that'll be it'll be really exciting this summer we have a navy tie-dye and a coral tie-dye and then some great prints in that collection too one with like little fish on them that's a little bit whimsical um so kind of a little bit of a new direction I mean it's still kind of sticking to our core colors and our core Mm -hmm. silhouettes but you know just we like to make sure that every collection is new and fresh and you know 
just a little bit different. I don't want people to get, you know, get bored. I want to give you something new and exciting to see every collection. Definitely. No, I'm so excited for these prints and that tie dye sounds so fun. Yeah, no, it's going to be great, especially the coral tie dye. I feel like it's a little unexpected, but um, really, really cute. Definitely. So my final question is, um, where can people find you? Let everyone know Duffield Lane's website and social media handles, that sort of thing. Yeah, so you can find us on DuffieldLane.com. Um, and we're just on Instagram at Duffield Lane, or you can find us on Facebook. Um, and then locally, you know, we sell to a lot of small boutiques across the country. So um, you're always welcome to email us and we can help you find the closest store to see it in person. You know, we love referring everybody to our retail partners so they can check out those great stores. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.